Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America! Hello, sports fans. This is The Voice of America's Douglas Impuga, sitting in for Sunny Young. Thanks for tuning in this evening and welcome to another edition of the sunny side of sports. Let's kick off with football. And with that, let's join Prince Nestor, who has the European Roundup. Sporty greetings, Nestor. Sporty greetings to you too, Douglas. English striker of Nigerian descent, Bukayo Saka, Portuguese football of Kipvadian descent, Nuno Tavares and Granit Xhaka all recorded their names on the score sheet to help Arsenal cruise to a 3-1 win against Manchester United in an entertaining Premier League encounter played at the Emirates Stadium. Five-time Ballon d'Or winner Cristiano Ronaldo scored the Red Devils' consolation goal. The Gainers are now fourth in the Premier League table with 60 points, while Manchester United currently lies seventh, six points outside the Champions League places with only four games remaining. United's boss Ralph Ragnick expressed his displeasure at this team's performance. We didn't defend well inside and around the box. Um, the same happened when we conceded the second and the third goal, but um, for me there were also three very uh, unlucky, let's put it that way, uh, VAR decisions. Um, uh, for me, the third goal of Arsenal was clearly offside. Uh, you can see it uh, in, in slow-mo. David said to me he couldn't see the ball. The ball, the, the second goal of Cristiano was definitely not offside. And there was another handball decision in the first half. So we were not very happy with those VAR decisions today. But as I said, in the end, improved performance, but disappointing result. Arsenal manager Mikel Mateta also shared his thoughts on the match. Big performance and a game that I think he had everything. He had uh, moments where we showed real quality with a threat. We scored two goals, created chances. A game where we have to suffer. A game where at moments we were a bit lost and lacking energy and... And they were on top, a game where we were really fishing in the boxes, a game where we had luck when we needed luck, which is really important in this game. Uh, but overall, extremely happy. It was a, a massive game for us and uh, really enjoying it. That's Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta sharing his thoughts after his team claimed the necessary three points in their pursuit of a top four finish. The Red Devils face European champions Chelsea on Thursday, while the Gamers return to action next weekend against their London rivals West Ham. In other fixtures, Belgian striker of Kenyan descent Divo Corrigi and Andy Robertson's second half headers were enough for Liverpool as they cruise to a 2 0 win against Everton at Anfield. Here's Liverpool manager Eugen Klopp's reaction to his side's performance. We just didn't play particularly well in the first half, let me say like this. We, okay, they make it uncomfortable with the deep, with the, deep um, the formation they have, of course, but we didn't get in behind their last line. We didn't, um, not enough movement, not, not quick enough in, in, in the, the passes were not sharp enough. We passed pretty much the balls in the area where they had like nine players in the centre, lost balls there, they got the counter-attacks and all these kind of things. Second half, obviously, much more direct, um, really um, could could cause them much more problems and then um, if you really stay patient but develop kind of uh, greed as well, then you, you can score goals and the goals were wonderful. Everton boss Frank Lampard also shared his thoughts on the match. I thought we played well. Um, I don't know what it looks like. 
in terms of possession, of course, the game plan was understanding that they're one of the best teams in the world, what they're doing to teams recently. So could we be disciplined and work hard within that? Yeah. Could we break and create chances? Yeah. They didn't threaten our goal at all in the first half. And then we had, you know, a couple of opportunities to Corey running through moments in their box. So first half good. Start of the second half good, breaking away. If we get the first goal, the game feels completely different. But you know with Liverpool that there's there's always either a moment of brilliance, Mo Salah for the first goal, or because of their aggressive nature of their game, an overhead kick that bounces into the floor and lands on Origi's head. And that's, you know, the qualities that they have. In terms of I can't ask any more of the players to give much more, as I say, if we get our goal whilst we were um, not giving them real chances, I think the game feels completely different. Then Everton boss Frank Lampard following his side's defeat to Liverpool in their 240th Merseyside derby played at Anfield. The result leaves the Reds just a point behind leaders Manchester City, who handed Watford a 5-1 defeat thanks to Gabriel Jesus' four goals and Spanish midfielder Rodri's superb volley in a match that was played at the Etihad Stadium. Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola shared his thoughts on the match. But overall was was good. We start, uh, you know, start a goal in the first minute, the first half, the first minute, the second half. That helped me a lot. Uh, we didn't defend well uh, in the back. Uh, we were not aggressive enough. No aggressive. Uh, defend is a question of attitude. It's not a question of abilities or skills. It's attitude, and, uh, and we were not good. But. Uh, the players up front, all of them, not just Gravel for incredible for goals, but uh, Raheem, uh, Jack, Kevin, all of them, uh, they were they were brilliant. That's Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola following his team's turning performance against Watford in the Premier League. The citizens will now focus on the upcoming Champions League fixture, where they are scheduled to face the most decorated side in the history of the competition, Real Madrid, for the first leg of their semi-final tie. Christian Pulisic's late winner also earned Chelsea a 1-0 win against West Ham at Stamford Bridge. The Blues' manager, Thomas Tuchel, reacted to his team's performance. We knew that this can be a, a game where we need to be very patient and very disciplined uh, to not concede a counter-attack. It's against West Ham. I don't know if there's another way to, to beat them um, than to be patient, dominate and, and not to give counter-chances away and convert from half-chances. They're used to defend with bodies. They're used to defend with a lot of discipline and they don't allow a lot. That's It's simply like that. So when you finally get a late penalty you think you have it and then it's another setback and uh, it was big for us to, to, to get the winner after the last results and to have the relief. That's Chelsea manager Thomas Tuchel reacting to his side's narrow win against West Ham in the Premier League. Tottenham Hotspurs were also forced to settle for a nil-nil draw at Brentford denting their hopes of a top four finish. Spurs' boss Antonio Conte shared his thoughts on the match. A tough game, a tough game and uh, for sure it was very, a very difficult game. They are a very uh, physical team. They try to, to exploit uh, set pieces in, uh, in a dangerous uh, way and a corner, a throw-in. Uh, when there is the possibility, try to, to put this, uh, this ball into the box. I think defensively we uh, we were good and um, 
at the same time, uh, I think we can do much better with, uh, with the ball to create more chances to, to score. That's Francis Bruce Antonio Conte reacting to his side's goalless draw against Brentford in the Premier League. Moving on to the French League, PSG were crowned champions for a record equaling 10th time after 7-time Ballon d'Or winner Lionel Messi's card to earn them a one all draw against Lens. The Parisians have now won 8 top flight titles out of their last 10 seasons, equaling the record set by Saint-Étienne during the period between 1957 and 1981. The French giants hold an unassailable 13-point lead over second-place Marseille and a 1-0 win over Rennes thanks to Brazil midfielder Gesson's 83rd minute goal. French forward of Tunisian descent Wissam Benide also scored his 20th goal of the season to help Monaco secure their sixth straight win in the French league, while French footballer of Malian descent Moussa Dembele, Thiago Silva, French footballer of Algerian descent to Sam Awur, and Cameroonian forward Carl Toko Ekambi all recorded their names in the scholarship to help Lyon thrash Montpellier five goals to two. And finally, in Bundesliga, Bayern Munich became the first club in Europe's top five leagues to win 10 consecutive titles after beating Borussia Dortmund three goals to one thanks to goals from German footballer of Ivorian descent Said Nabri, Robert Lewandowski and German footballer of Nigerian descent Jamal Musiala. Reporting for the sunny side of sponsor Prince Nestor. Still in football, some African analysts have been speaking about the draws for the 2023 edition of the Africa Cup of Nations to be hosted by Cote d'Ivoire. The 34th edition of the Africa Cup of Nations tournament takes place in June 2023. Cameroon, Kenya, Namibia and Burundi are in Group C, while Morocco, South Africa, Zimbabwe and Liberia are in Group K. David Kualimwa is an online editor with the Nation Media Group in Nairobi, Kenya. Kualimwa spoke to reporter Mike Mbonye about the chances of the teams in Group C and K. He says Cameroon and Kenya are favorites in Group C, while Morocco and South Africa are tipped to make it from Group K. Kenya's Harambe stars are good enough to uh, beat Namibia and Burundi. Uh, but I think uh, Cameroon is going to be a tall order for uh, Kenya. The matches against Cameroon are going to be a tall order. Uh, statistically, uh, Kenya uh, look better uh, and on paper as well. And uh, when you consider past record, uh, Kenya has beaten Burundi a number of times. Kenya has beaten Namibia a number of times. Kenya has been to uh, most Africa Cup of Nations uh, finals appearances as compared to these uh, two teams. Uh, the FIFA rankings as well, uh, Kenya is uh, ranked higher than these two teams, uh, but that will count for nothing uh, as the qualifiers begin in June. Uh, remember, Kenya has been out of action for some time owing to the uh, indefinite suspension slapped on the country by FIFA, uh, who cited uh, third party interference, in this case, interference from the government uh, for their decision. Uh, so, as the qualifiers uh, uh, start, if Kenya does compete, uh, it looks like Kenya are second favorite behind uh, Cameroon to progress from this group to the uh, 2023 uh, Africa Cup of Nations uh, are said to be hosted by Ivory Coast. Morocco, South Africa, Zimbabwe and Liberia are in Group K. What's your take on this group? I fancy Morocco and South Africa again to uh, progress from Group K. 
uh, in a group that also has Zimbabwe and Liberia. All this because of the experience and exposure of uh, their players. Uh, Morocco, of course, a North African team with lots and lots of rich history in this tournament and uh, a couple of experienced players who have come through the ranks to play for the Atlas Lions. South Africa as well, the Bafana Bafana, among the big leagues in the continent. Zimbabwe and Liberia will really struggle to make an impression in this group, in my opinion, and will have to work very hard uh, to earn any point out of these two uh, teams unless they pull up a very, very uh, big surprise. Uh, Morocco, of course, are hoping uh, favorites actually not only to qualify for the Cup of Nations but also to go all the way and uh, 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 win the tournament if they do qualify uh, with the likes of uh, Hakim Ziyech, uh, the Chelsea uh, winger in their ranks. You really uh, want Morocco to go all the way. South Africa had a good uh, a qualification run for the uh, 2022 uh, FIFA World Cup in Qatar but just missed out of, on qualification uh, having been pipped by Ghana. Uh, they have been, uh, South Africa have been playing very well of late and uh, if they do carry this uh, form into the uh, 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifiers, I do not see uh, the likes of uh, Zimbabwe and Liberia standing in their way. Zimbabwe, of course, having qualified for the previous Africa Cup of Nations, but they're not quite an established team. Uh, they're not known for their pedigree or the big name players who can really make a difference. So uh, if any team from this group can pull a surprise, then I'm going to back uh, the Warriors uh, from Zimbabwe. Maybe, uh, just maybe with an outside chance to upset the odds. Kenya and Zimbabwe have been banned by FIFA because of government interference in football administration. Do you think the Kenyan and Zimbabwean governments will fulfill FIFA's requirements before the qualifiers kick off in May. The Kenya national uh, teams have been out of action for a while, ever since FIFA did slap an uh, indefinite ban on uh, the country, citing third-party interference from the government. This uh, suspension coming immediately after the government disbanded the Kenyan FA, in this uh, case, uh, Football Kenya Federation, uh, with the uh, sports uh, cabinet secretary Amina Mohammed citing a couple of issues, including alleged uh, fraud uh, by uh, federation officials and, of course, uh, a failure to comply with the Kenyan laws as regard to registering the Kenyan FA. Uh, the Kenyan FA president, Nick Mwendo, has since been charged in court of law with corruption-related offenses. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really a tough one for Kenya. Now, FIFA has asked Kenya uh, to uh, reinstate the disbanded the Kenyan FA for uh, the Kenyan government to disband the uh, to, to, to reinstate the disbanded FA, I beg your pardon, to stand a chance of a readmission uh, back uh, to the international fold. Well, the government has said it's going to stick its ground, it's going to clean up the game, and their efforts are from the government's perspective at least to clean up the game, including changing the Kenyan FA constitution. There are talks behind the scenes between uh, the Kenyan FA and government, and there is every optimism that uh, uh, the Kenyan FA will be allowed uh, to field a national team. Remember, the national women team, Harambe Starlets, were recently barred from competing in the Africa Women Cup of Nations, courtesy of this ban. And uh, fingers crossed, uh, many Kenyan fans will be hoping that their national men's team is cleared to compete. Uh, that is neither here nor there. If you ask me, I'd rank it as a 50-50. Kenya may or may not uh, qualify uh, or, or be allowed to play in these qualifiers. But it depends on uh, on, on what FIFA think and if 
any of the two parties between the Kenyan government and uh, football, Kenya, uh, the Kenyan government rather on one side and FIFA, uh, whichever of these two parties is willing to cede ground. The same applies to Zimbabwe. Remember, the Zimbabwe SA was banned by government uh, after their uh, officials were uh, accused of corruption. Uh, FIFA ag again stood its ground and said, no, you have to instead these officials are or, or else you'll be banned. Uh, the Kenyan, uh, the Zimbabwean SA and the Zimbabwean government have been at loggerheads for, uh, for some time, as you might remember, uh, with uh, the Africa Cup of Nations earlier this year in Cameroon, the, the turning point when uh, two factions of the Zimbabwe FA did go uh, to the Africa Cup of Nations and uh, the, Conf uh, the Confederation of African Football, rather, were forced to recognize one side. Uh, so the Zimbabwe government has been making out noises to the effect that they will not cede to FIFA grounds. So just like in the Kenyan case, uh, and the Kenyan situation, there's a head-to-head -head scenario uh, over whom will blink uh, twice. So it's also 50-50 on whether Zimbabwe uh, will be allowed to compete in these qualifiers. And this, by the way, being part of the reason why uh, the Confederation of African Football said they will not allow Zimbabwe and Kenya to be in the group, in the same qualification group, uh, considering these sanctions uh, by FIFA, but did uh, draw these teams all together considering there is a possibility that uh, they may put their act right in FIFA's books and be clear to compete. That was David Kualimwa, an online editor with the Nation Media Group in Kenya. He spoke with reporter Mike Mbonyi on the telephone from Nairobi, Kenya. The Basketball Africa League is back. Voice of America joins forces with Africa's premier men's basketball league to bring you the second season of the BAL. It is game on March 5th, 2022. 38 games, 12 teams leaving it all on the court in Senegal, Egypt and Rwanda to determine the 2022 season champion. Tune in to VOA 24-7 FMs and to our radio and TV affiliates for some action. Pre-game, play-by-play, post-game, daily highlights, delivered by our finest commentators. Basketball Africa League 2022 on Voice of America. May the best team win. A new star has been born in the marathon running firmament. The Ethiopian Yalmzef. Yahualo became the fastest woman debutant ever at the event when she smashed the course record at the Hamburg Marathon on Sunday. Her time of 2 hours, 17 minutes and 23 seconds also broke the Ethiopian national record. There was double celebration for Africa because Kenya's Cybran Kotut broke the men's course record which had been set nine years ago by Elud Kipchoge. The energetic and Edwards was on the spot to watch the action in Hamburg. Sporty greetings, Andy. Sporty greetings, Douglas. It's one thing to have recently set a world record at 10 kilometres on the road and also the second fastest half marathon of all time by a woman and quite another to make history, as Jelensef Jehaluar did in this North German city. Translating that talent to what can be the harsh reality of the marathon is still a big challenge. Yahua Law overcame it in style, never looking to have problems. Race day was blessed with ideal weather for a record attempt, bright but cool enough with 15 degrees centigrade at the start. 
by five kilometres. Yelensev Yorlo was a good 20 seconds clear of her nearest challengers, and the gap widened still further as the race continued. By halfway, reached in 68 minutes 30, she was two and a half minutes ahead and looking as strong as ever, accompanied by three male pacemakers. She looked, however, as if she could have run at that pace on her own. So relaxed and confident was her running. At the finish, she was almost nine minutes clear, becoming the fastest woman debutant in the marathon with two hours, 17 minutes and 23 seconds. Now that deposed Britain's Paula Radcliffe as the fastest first-timer by over a minute and a half, set 20 years ago in London. For good measure, Yelansef Yahua Law broke the Ethiopian record and set the sixth fastest time ever in the women's marathon. Ethiopia made a clean sweep of the top three places, with Firkate Wereta a distant second and Bonecha Luka third. The experienced Kenyan marathon runner Cyprian Kotut found a new lease of life to run a personal best and take 43 seconds off the men's course record. The latter was set by Eliud Kipchoge nine years ago as the greatest marathoner in history began his domination of the event. Kotut ran two hours, four minutes and 47 seconds, just holding off Uganda's Stephen Kisser, who made a very impressive marathon debut himself, one second behind. Wurkanesh Tadesse of Ethiopia was third, 20 seconds behind the winner. Now note also another Ugandan, Victor Kiplangat, in fourth place, confirming his country's continued rise in the distance-running world. For the sunny side of sports... This is Andy Edwards in Hamburg. Thanks, Andy. Meanwhile, Vibian Chepkrui defended her Vienna Marathon title in a course record of 2 hours, 20 minutes and 59 seconds. She led a Kenyan clean sweep from Ruth Chebitok and Sheila Jerotich. Cosmas Mutet won the men's race in 2 hours, 6 minutes and 53 seconds from Kenyan teammate Leonard Langat, who clocked 2.06.59, and Eritrea's Okbe Kibrom, who ran at 2 hours, 7 minutes and 25 seconds. A total of 32,000 runners from about 100 nations had registered for all events. And best Europeans were Slovenian Jena Shina at 8th. And running for Austria, Lemowak Ketema, who clocked 2 hours, 15 minutes and 42 seconds and placed a 13th. Elsewhere, Kenya's Boris Chepkemoy won the Iskandi Marathon in a course record of 2 hours, 21 minutes and 10 seconds. That was ahead of teammate Philemon Cheyech and Ethiopia's Alemteshai Asefa. Kenyans also dominated the men's race with Julius Tuwei and Enoch Ochari taking a 1-2 and Ethiopia's Tadu Abete who came third. Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Ah, 
for your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. In boxing, Tyson Fury retained his WBC heavyweight crown on Saturday, stopping Dylan White in round six of an all-British bout at London's Wembley Stadium. Shortly after the bout, Tyson repeated his suggestion that he would now retire. 94,000 fans were there to witness the win for the self-styled Gypsy King, fighting on British soil for the first time in four years. The unbeaten 33-year-old Fury had said this would be his last fight and announced immediately afterwards, quote, this might be the final curtain of the Gypsy King, and what a way to go out. If Fury does follow through with his plan to quit, he would give up the chance to face either Alexander Usuk, the current WBA, IBF, and WBO champion, or fellow British fighter Anthony Joshua for the undisputed crown. No boxer has held all the major world heavyweight belts since Britain's Lennox Lewis, who became the undisputed champion in 1999. In tennis, world number one Novik Djokovic barren title spell in 2022 continued as he went down 6-2-6-7-6-0 to Russian Andrei Rublev in the Serbian Open final in Belgrade on Sunday. Playing his second tournament on clay this season after being knocked out by Alejandra Davidovich Fokina in Monte Carlo, Djokovic was off to a slow start as second seed Rublev broke him twice to clinch the opening set a 6-2. The Serbian missed a chunk of the early season, including the Australian Open as well as ATP Masters 1000 events in Miami and Indian Wells because he has not been vaccinated against COVID-19. His lack of match practice showed in the deciding set on Sunday. At the Barcelona Open, Spanish teenager Carlos Alcaraz captured the fourth title of his career by beating eighth seed Pablo Carreno Buster 6-3-6-2 on Sunday, hours after winning a grueling semi-final. The 18-year-old now enters the top 10 of the world rankings at the same age, on the same date, and after triumph in the same tournament as compatriot and 21-time major winner Rafa Nadal did in 2005. The U.S. Open quarterfinalist joins countrymen, including Nadal, coach Juan Carlos Ferrara and Carlos Moya, in lifting the trophy in the ATP 500 clay court tournament. And that wraps up another edition of the sunny side of sports. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Douglas Simpuga, and that is the sunny side of sports. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's Newsmaker Interview Program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. 
we'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at voanews.com or connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash VOA or on Twitter at VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. You want to listen to the latest African music? Dance to the best African beats from across the African continent? Then you don't have a problem. Just tune in to the African beat on The Voice of America Mondays through Fridays at exactly 0900 and 2000 Universal Time. African Beat, the show that brings happiness into your homes, smiles on your faces. So join me, your host, David Bandy, Monday through Friday, 0900 and 2000 Universal Time on The Voice of America. is the best it's number one we We love it. it Join your host, Larry London, for Border Crossings, VOA's Worldwide Music Request Hour, every weekday at 1500 Universal. Tune in to hear your favorite songs and artists, win prizes and giveaways, and get the latest scoop from exclusive celebrity interviews. Send in requests to our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or call 202-618-2077 to have your favorite music played for the entire world. Don't miss Border Crossings every weekday at 1500 Universal. Hello, I'm Douglas Simpoga. Please join me for Reporters Roundtable every Thursday at 1700 hours UTC. We'll take an in-depth look at an African news topic important to you. We'll have African journalists and expert guests to share their ideas and enlighten us all on the topic at hand. So please, plan to be with us every Thursday at 